Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I'm going to just speak very briefly this morning. Um, if, you would, if you would like to return to your seats, you can. If you want to keep praying, you can. I won't be long. Um, just going to speak very briefly, and then I want to allow us another opportunity to respond to the Spirit. I'm not going to start with an opening text. just want to talk to us just for a few moments. You can be seated. When God chose Mary to carry Jesus, she was at the time, as we know, betrothed to a man named Joseph. And there were essentially that this... In this ancient time, there were three steps to marriage. In the ancient Jewish world, there was first the engagement. This could happen when the bride and groom were quite young, and this was often arranged by both sides of the family. The second stage was betrothal. This made the previous engagement official and binding. And during the time of betrothal, the couple were known as husband and wife. And a betrothal could only be broken by divorce. Betrothal typically lasted about a year. And the, the third part was marriage. This took place after the wedding, after the year of betrothal. So young Mary at this point was bound to a man by the name of Joseph through betrothal. It was almost considered a marriage. And it was at this point in her life while young Mary was betrothed to Joseph, that we hear or is the beginning of what we like to call the Christmas story. This is where the angel Gabriel found young Mary in a village of Galilee, a place called Nazareth. And when Gabriel found Mary young and betrothed to Joseph, she had not yet married. She hadn't finished the process, so Mary was a virgin. And Gabriel, when he found her and he came to her, the angel, and spoke to her, he proclaimed to her these things. He said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. He said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. It was an incredible proclamation and an exciting promise to young Mary. The great God Jehovah had 
chosen this young servant girl as a vessel through which he himself would appear in flesh. The power of the highest would overshadow her, and miraculously, Jesus Christ would be born. No doubt we're all familiar with this story, the Christmas story, and the excitement surrounding the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But if you would, for just a moment, imagine with me how trying and how difficult this must have been on young Mary's faith. Mary was young, and as we understand, she was not yet wed. But now she would carry a child. When it was revealed to her betrothed, Joseph, the Bible says he sought to put her away in secret, meaning that since they were betrothed, they were, in a sense, technically a married couple. So considering the circumstances, Joseph thought it would be best to simply divorce her, put her away, and, and, and release himself and her from this stigma what the appearance of this would be of her caring child. If not for the intervention of the angel of the Lord with Joseph, he might have done just that, put her away and divorced her. So imagine again, if you will, the pressure on Mary, the pressure on her, even throughout her life after the birth of Jesus, after she gave birth to this miraculous child, God in flesh, Perhaps surrounding Mary, there were still rumors and whispers. Maybe she caught the glimpses of the others as she attended church or family gatherings or even just about town. She saw the side looks and and the whispers. You know the feeling when somebody's talking about you and you know they're talking about you and they try to conceal it. She saw the people smiling but she knew, she knew better than that. She knew what they were saying and they were thinking. But in spite of all of this, in spite of the discouragement and the reasons to be doubtful, Mary knew, somebody say knew. Mary knew and understood the promise of who he really was. And Mary waited. Mary waited patiently. There were no doubt, sleepless nights and moments of doubt as to whether or not the promise would ever come to pass. Imagine the waiting for him to reveal himself as the Messiah. When would we get to the point, she must have thought? When would we get to this place where I'm vindicated? Where the promise that I heard, where people will believe me, where I will believe what I heard. Time had passed, and we're going to skip ahead here. Jesus is now 30 years old. He and his disciples, along with his mother Mary, they've been invited to a wedding at a place called Cana. And weddings during this time, much like today, were a major social event. You look around to see who was invited, and if you didn't get invited, you wonder why you weren't invited. It's an, it was an important event, and some weddings more than others, but this was an important event. And this was a major celebration, and during the course of this celebration, the Bible says that they ran out of wine. 
I want to stop here because your pastor's not here, so you can tell him I said this or if he watches the, the video. We're not condoning drinking of wine. This was a custom and it was ceremonial for the day. Now, this was a major social mistake to run out of the wine. This was a big deal. Think about running out of food if you're hosting a wedding or you're running out, you know, you, you get too little food. Or I've been to some weddings like that where the food runs out and I barely got anything. And nobody cares about the ceremony. Nobody cares about the vows. And come on now. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about the song that's playing while you go up and, and pour sand into the, the thing. And nobody out there is enjoying any of that. Nobody cares anything about that. You're up here reading your vows to each other and you're crying and all that. And everybody out there is just going, when is this getting over with? Come on, somebody. Am I telling the truth? All right, I'm telling the truth. So they had run out of the wine. The party was now dead. There were rumblings and complaints. People were upset. They were frustrated. This was a major, major social mistake. It was a big deal. A wedding was supposed to be the the biggest event, the best party of all, and, and for a host to fail in providing adequate hospitality was a great dishonor. It was a great dishonor. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, she observes the chaos And she's probably thinking to herself in this moment, what will we do? What can I do to help out? But then she remembers who's there with her at the wedding. She remembers who is in attendance. So John 2 verse 3 says, And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, that's Jesus, they have no wine. So imagine the chaos and the frustration the rumblings of the crowd, and Mary looks to Jesus and says, they have no wine. John 2 and 4 gives a very interesting response from Jesus. Jesus says, woman, what have I to do with thee? In other words, words, why are you involving me in this? What are you looking to me for? I don't have anything to do with this. I wasn't on the planning committee. I'm just invited here just like you are. They didn't, I'm not part of the wedding party at all. I'm just a guest here. So what does this have to do with me? And then he says, mine hour is not yet come. In other words, what do you expect me to do about it? Now is not the time. Jesus understood what Mary was asking. She knew who he was and what he was capable of doing. She knew who she had brought to the party. And all these years, she had been waiting and waiting, anticipating the moment when her son, the promised one, would finally show who he was. And in this moment, Mary saw an opportunity. And she looked at him and she said, do it now. Now's the time. Now's the moment. But Jesus said, no, no, no. Now's not the time. However... Mary would not take no for an answer. As far as Mary was concerned, now was the time. This was the moment. This was the hour when he would reveal himself and the promise would come to pass. So Mary said unto the servants in John 2 verse 5, Whatsoever he saith unto you, 
do it. And there were there set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins, firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water, they knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now, until this moment. And this, this moment at this wedding at Cana was the beginning of the many miracles Jesus would perform. My title this morning was An Idle Promise and Empty Pots. An Idle Promise and Empty Pots. Now we don't we don't know the exact reason Mary brought this problem to her son Jesus. What was it about this particular situation that made her react the way that she did? Jesus was 30 years old at this point. I imagine through those 30 years of her waiting, anticipating, there were probably moments where she could have done the same thing, and maybe she did. Maybe she's, Maybe there was a a problem in the home or, or something going on on the job or a sickness in her body. And she wondered, I wonder if today's the day. I wonder if now's the moment when, when he will prove himself. When that promise that was made to me so long ago will come to pass. But perhaps she eagerly anticipated the day. Jesus would miraculously demonstrate that he was in fact the Messiah. When people saw that Jesus was the Messiah, you see, this would vindicate Mary, who lived under the shadow of a pregnancy and birth that many people questioned, even her and her husband Joseph at some point. Mary held on to the promise long enough, and now it was time to see that promise come to pass. All Mary had to do was communicate with the one who could make it happen. Jesus, who was right there. An idle promise in some empty pots. You see, it had been around 30 years since Gabriel spoke the promise to Mary. So I guess you could say that this particular promise was a bit idle. It was waiting. It was just hovering there. And in Mary's waiting, there finally stood in this moment an opportunity for miraculous demonstration and the promise to come to pass. There stood an opportunity in some empty pots. This morning, today, as you came to this service, you may be fighting battle against your faith with your own idle promise. Has anybody got an idle promise this morning? Something you're still waiting for? A prayer you're still waiting to be answered? You may be fighting that battle in your faith against those idle promises, those things that seem like they're taking forever to come to pass. But there are some empty pots here today. There's some emptiness. 
And that emptiness, we need to understand, is opportunity. In that emptiness, in those empty pots, is opportunity. And now is the time. Today is the day for validation of what you've heard. Validation of those prayers, of that answer that you heard so long ago that has yet to come to pass. Today, now is the time for that validation in that emptiness. Now is the time for these pots, that emptiness to be filled and God to reveal himself as he promised, as he promised. And I'm getting ready to close today. Now these empty pots, this emptiness is represented by sickness. Some are still waiting for healing. Some are still waiting for healing in your body. You believe God promised it so long ago, but it has yet to happen. That's an empty pot. That's an opportunity for God to validate what you heard. Some of us today have lost loved ones. But God promised you so long ago that one day you would see that lost loved one come through the door, come sit by you on this pew, or come up to an altar of repentance and be restored. That's an empty pot that's still waiting to be filled. That's opportunity for God to validate what he said to you. Some here today have an emptiness of chains and bondage. You need deliverance. There's opportunity here today in that empty pot. Some of us need salvation. Some of us need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you've received it before, but you're empty and you need it again. There's opportunity here in that emptiness for God to answer that prayer. If you'll stand with me this morning. I want to encourage you to understand this. The promise you heard was true. The promise is ours. All we have to do is provide the vessel. Provide that empty pot. To us it seems so helpless and hopeless, but to him it's opportunity. To him it's opportunity. And we have an opportunity here to engage Jesus, the one who can and will make it come to pass. Now is the time, and our wait is over. I just want to encourage somebody this morning that God has not forgotten, nor has he abandoned you. And what he said he will do, Numbers 23, 19, very familiar scripture. The Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it, or hath he spoken? And shall he not make it good? If God spoke it to you, if he promised it to you, it's impossible for it not to come to pass. So don't let the enemy of your soul, don't let discouragement break you. Don't let it bring you down because if God said it, if he promised it, it may have been 5, 10, 15, or 20 years, even longer. It doesn't matter if God spoke it to you. If he promised it to you, then it will come to pass. God can do anything but lie. He can do anything but make a mistake. He doesn't misspeak. He doesn't make a mistake in the moment and say, maybe I shouldn't have said that. No, God doesn't do that. If he spoke it to you, if he promised it to you, you may not have seen it 
up until this moment, but I'm here to declare and promise it to you in this service that you will see it come to pass. You will see healing in your body. You will see deliverance in your mind. You will see broken families put back together. You will see miracles, signs, and wonders happen in your situation. No matter what it is, God is going to do the miraculous. There's emptiness in your life, but there's opportunity in that emptiness. There's empty pots laying around all this place, but, but God looks at it as opportunity to validate what he said to you so long ago. And there's still opportunity in this service. Come on, God's not done with us yet. If you need something in your life, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'd like to invite you to come and pray. I'd like to invite you to come and pray. Maybe it's a family that you want to pray together. Maybe it's somebody that needs healing in your body and, and you need to pray. Maybe it's somebody that needs a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost and it's been so long since you felt his spirit. It's been so long since he's filled you with his spirit. God can refill you today. If there's somebody here today that's struggling with anxiety and depression, God wants to set you free from that. From those thoughts, that darkness that, that plagues your mind when you go home. God wants to set you free from that. God wants to take that emptiness. It's an opportunity today. Let's just lift our hands as they sing. And let's, let's let the Lord finish a work today in us. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.